world. Oh, we're in Estevar to dig. Ah, Sean, I've been practicing this in secondary school. <laughs> oh, my bad, my it. bad. I got so excited. I got so excited. Go ahead, go ahead. I was hoping my career as an advert voiceover was coming to life. But to the point, we are going to Barcelona for Paddy's Day. They have changed the date of the marathon. So we now have the extra days leave. We have no excuses. PBs are there to be had from the 14th to the 17th of March, 2025. Myself and Sean are filling a bus. 56 people will be leaving Dublin Airport and heading to Barcelona. I am making a T-shirt for the trip. It's going to be Eric approved. I cannot guarantee the medals. That's where I draw the line. Prices are still the same, but we do need to book by June 7th. So if anyone is thinking about coming, has signed up and pre-registered, you need to book this week. And if you're listening this week, you have to put your money where your mouth is on this one because we cannot guarantee the prices after this weekend. Aer Lingus, if you're listening, fuck off. Don't change anything, but that is what we are doing. So the link to everything is in the bio. You'll be brought straight to the WeTransfer. If you're traveling with a supporter, if you're traveling on your own and willing to share, or if you just want your own room, we have every option available and it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Like Eric said, the link to that is in our Instagram bio at any given Runday podcast. With that said, it's this week's episode of the Any Given Runday podcast. Let's go. Easy, how are we? Sean, nice, nice of you to join me for an intro. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought I'd do my little bit, you know, I wasn't too sure. I was actually convinced even last week doing the podcast that that was definitely going to be the last one. But um, we managed to somehow, well, actually you and Rachel got to shit together and squeezed in one last episode. Uh, I actually woke up to the message of, of, of you guys doing the the, um, the interview. So I was asleep. I was not Australia time for some reason over here, freezing my ass off. Yeah, oh, that's cool. It's cool. You said it without me. Uh, it wouldn't have got done otherwise in fantasy. So how did you get on with our... Uh, Western Iron Half Iron Woman champion. Uh, really good. And as always, Rachel was too humble. Um, but yeah, no, it was a good <laughs> little chat. Uh, in this one, Sean, Rachel's going to kind of talk us through where she came from, the, the race itself, different points, how she held things, how her tapering didn't go so well, and all the different oh. fears and mentalities. And you know what? It's kind of weird in this one when you hear her talking about being afraid of, oh, have I done enough training and stuff? It's like, you're kind of like, oh, shut up, Rachel, you're class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. even, on, even on her level, she has the exact same fears and worries as our level, as everyone, and which just shows you, no matter what level you're doing, it is a great sport. Everyone feels the same thing, and that's why no matter what you do, you compete against yourself first and foremost because everyone has the same thoughts. Yeah. And it's really good listening. It's a really good description, Sean, into into what it is to be a winner we like it's it's great it's the first we've had some great people on but now we can say we're, we're with a champ well i suppose you've said it better than i could eric so we'll get straight into this week's interview with rachel there's no point here for me or yourself any longer so this on this week's episode as soon as the intro music is done it's eric's interview with western australian champion and our half ironman our first ever half ironman rachel smith let's go I'm back. No, Rachel, it has been so long. Have you missed so me? It was actually came up in uh, it actually came up in the questions. People were like, "Where's Rachel?" I was like, "Oh, how dare you not like listening to me and Sean?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I just kind of disappeared with no warning. 
<laughs> yeah, it was just like, oh, Rachel's gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not gone. Just you were gone. you were gone. You were gone with good reason, and we kind of gave a little bit of insight in the last week in the episode. <laughs> uh, but you were a bit busy last weekend. Last weekend and a lot of weekends leading up to that as well. Busy is like the best description of my life most weeks. <laughs> um, obviously, it's no secret. Everyone knows that you are Western Australia's numero uno female in the 70.3. How does that feel? It's still kind of surreal. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was my first one. And I had spoke about it like... Oh, months ago when I first signed up to it, um, not really knowing what to expect. But then, yeah, I don't know, to, to come home and to come home first. I just started crying when I crossed the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brandon didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> well, yeah. actually, funny story, I crossed the finish line and... I'll go into more detail later, but like I was very lucky that I did not get sore until like four or five K to go. And then my quads started cramping. I crossed the finish line and just the video of me running, running, running through the finish line. And then I'm just gone from the shot. Like I just dropped. <laughs> but they carried me, <laughs> they carried me around the back to the recovery tent. And I just wanted an ice cold Coca-Cola. Like they had this at the aid stations the whole way around. So like I'm wobbling over to this counter and there's like lots of cups laid out. They've ice cream, they've watermelon, they've oranges. And I just go, can I have some Coke, please? Oh, I'm sorry. We don't have any. (laughs) What do you mean you don't have any? (laughs) So I don't know whether my tears after that were from pure joy or from not getting my ice cold Coca-Cola that I desperately wanted at that point. <laughs> More analysis well, needed. Me and Sean talked about it. I think it was in the build-up into the, the marathon one. Um, we kind of gave people the warning of the, the finish line tears that it's it's highly probable if it's your first one, you're going to get pretty emotional when you cross the finish line. One, because of, let's be honest, people who follow you and, and, or if you're not, start following Rachel Strava. The amount of work you've done over last, let's say the last year, really, you know, since you've moved there has been absolutely huge. It really has. But, and that's the thing, like it did catch me by surprise. Like I could feel myself getting emotional. And then once I walked around the corner out of recovery and saw Brandon, that's when I just broke down because I suppose what a lot of people wouldn't realize either is that Brandon, who I do majority of my training with tore his Achilles five weeks ago. So he's been in a boot. I lost my training partner. We've had like setbacks with his operations, things like that. You know, I've had a lot going on and then it's our busiest time of year in work. Uh, Then trying to train all of that emotion and then, realizing that I had won I hadn't just won my age group which was the goal but I had won overall and it it just hit me and they'd put a towel I got a finisher towel and I just put my face into it and just cried 
he's been teasing me so much <laughs> because I just was sitting there shaking. And I just picked up the phone to call my parents, but it was like 2 a.m. in the morning. And I was like, damn it, <laughs> time zones. <laughs> you should have just rang them. To be honest, if there's ever a reason to wake them up in the middle of the night, it's probably one of them. Maybe. Although that yeah, was. I had a missed call. Yeah, you yeah. called you and Katie. Very said. glad. Very glad I didn't end. Very glad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you guys were the backup. And again, nothing. You're enjoying yourselves. Yeah, we were. I did mention last week. And <laughs> although we knew the race was on, I was quite conscious. Kate was like, oh, will we text her? I was like, don't you mention anything to her. Just let her do her thing. It's not that we're not supporting her. It's just she doesn't care. Because <laughs> I, like, I know myself, the night before a race, I don't. It's actually more of an inconvenience to be texting back everyone wishing you well. Um, it's it's just more of a, I'm just going to do this and see what happens. And then I'll talk to you after. That's um, exactly what I said to Brandon Saturday night. I was like, no one has messaged me. I was like, I think they've all forgotten. I said, this is actually brilliant. I was like, this takes so much yeah. pressure off. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't forget. I just, I just knew. <laughs> Katie wanted to ring you, made you. And I was like, my... give, me that, give me that phone. <laughs> oh but man like, her internet. we were out and about and uh she asked if she could have the hotspot because i bought the sim card and got the dual sim she hasn't she was like can i have hotspot i want to text rachel where i was like absolutely not no and <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's good so rachel how how do you how like just a reminder how did you go from your first triathlon three years ago to winning a half iron Good question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Have you, are um, you still figuring that out? Is it is it just consistency? Is there times you think it's just like when did you reach that point of we know you're good? Um you've always been the good runner side, but you haven't been always been the best swimmer. Um cycling was relatively new, but you're fit. So you, you did well with a bit of consistency on the bike. But when did you reach that point where you're like, ooh, I'm on a good level here? When do you realize that? Is it is just after a certain point of consistency? I think, yeah, like when I first started it, so three over just over three years ago, um, September 2019 in Florida, I signed up for a triathlon and we'd gone to Florida at the start of the summer. I was on a J1 visa and I had done a year of injury, so not training, just going to the gym. So I was carrying quite a bit of weight, uh, not running at all, completely out of love with running. And it was just the lifestyle over there. And our friends who have an amazing running store over there have this wonderful community. They've built this community of fitness and I suppose love of running through their store and just kind of got into it. And they were doing it triathlon I was like okay okay I'll do it I was doing some open water swims and then it's like all right this this wasn't actually bad I've always been able to run off the bike surprisingly well (laughs) which um if you want to be sick how many let's see how many brick workouts did I do leading up to this I did four runs off the bike two of them in races leading up to this (laughs) oh my god so like 
running that was just in this particular training block. Running off the bike is just something never really had an issue with. Um, and you then fantastic. You do have a fantastic foundation in running, though. So I suppose for your brain and body, I know it's coming off a bike, uh, but your brain and body is just like, oh, running. We know this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you, you've spent so many hours training in a, in a younger age that it is your natural state as much as you don't you may not like it as much anymore but your body is well accustomed to it oh no my my view of running has come full circle we're now friends again (laughs) (laughs) i know it's not that long since i talked about not enjoying it no that that's come full circle uh i've done my three longest runs in the last five years over the last month i'd say so yeah, what me, me and running are cover Out of curiosity, um, I think about a month out, I did an eighteen-kilometer run. It's because I only had to run twenty-one k, so I did an eighteen-kilometer run, um, at race pace. That was the the aim. Then two weeks later, I did sixteen k. So I did like a five k warm up, jumped into a park run for five k, and then just a six k cool down. And that was about two weeks out, I reckon. And then the race itself, if you if you find the race on Strava, this is Rachel's longest acti- or longest run on Strava. <laughs> <laughs> because I remember you ran just shy or or just did a half marathon when we ran. Um what was that? We did the the barrel run two yeah. years ago. So yeah. that was the longest run you've probably ever done. And then the next time you do that length is in the half Ironman, whereas most people would be out running twenties and thirties and like, it's absolutely brilliant though. But is it, is it the style of training you're doing? Is it because of the pace you're training at that you're like, I don't need to go that high. I just need to go a little bit harder at lower pace or what kind of strategy do you take towards? Mine is definitely the shorter, faster. So like all of my training would be above my race pace. So like when I go out and do my my favorite session, my monofartlek, a lot of my recoveries in that session would be at my Ironman race pace. So even though I might only cover wow, 10K yeah. of that, most of it will be either quicker than or hovering around race pace. So that that's just and the approach I take because I can't, my, my body just it doesn't like these junk miles just running long for the sake of it. I can't do that all the time. I'm much better, you know, getting my long run in because that's important, but then shorter, more focused stuff for the rest of the time. And do you find, I know a lot of people from the marathon side, you know, we talk about heart rate training we talk about the junk miles, you know, miles in the legs and stuff. Do you think that because you have the bike and the swim that overall fitness and endurance is up? So, Therefore, do you really need the junk miles? Is it better to get on the bike for two hours, put in a good spin rather than go for the junk miles? Or or what do you think on that? Oh, absolutely. Like cycling, cycling is the only reason I'm back running as quick as I can run. And I've said this for a long time that I wish I had cycled back when I was running. And like you said, cycling is something that's new to me, but I just picked it up so quickly. I just, I absolutely loved it. It's actually, it's probably five years this month since I was first on a road bike. And it was actually in Perth that I first jumped on a road bike. I was taking this thing down around the river. 
so, you know, like you said, it is very new, but then we don't need to go into how much I've talked about Zwift either. That has been a game changer. <laughs> and the structured workouts on Zwift because you're training to power. So like I, I knew very accurately what my FTP was. Like my bike was not to chance. My bike was was the one part of that race that was planned out to a T. And so yeah. I knew what my FTP was. I had done a lot of a lot of cycling and a lot of really intense stuff to try and improve my FTP or keep it at a really high level so that I knew exactly what percentage of my FTP to hold in the race. And then I actually invested in some power, some power pedals. So the ones that when Do I go out on the road, yeah. I have my power Do in you, front of me. Did you find that most helpful? Because it's one element I have now and it, it's kind of like they suck you into the Zwift world and then your FTP, your FTP, your power, your power, your power. Then you get on the road and then they're not there. You're just cycling. Um, I know you've done that for a long time. What do you think? do is would you never go back from the pedals now is it just that now this is this is brilliant oh yeah never going back because like i said it's all built into zwift like your cadence your power everything and like zwift is still amazing because if you do a session to hold a certain power zwift holds you at that power whereas on the road you have to think about it a bit more but for the bike that was i suppose when i was doing my race plan like swimming's always been my weakest so swimming was just kind of a, let's go for six out of 10 effort. Like that's how I kind of planned the race in my head. We weren't going to, we were just going to focus on effort. Then for the bike, um, I think it was 84% of FTP is what they recommend or somewhere, okay. somewhere in the ages that because your FTP, your functional threshold power is the maximum watts you can hold for an hour. So obviously for 90 kilometers, you're going to be out there longer than an hour. And so um, I just did a bit of research online, spoke to a few friends who had done, you know, the 70.3 before. I think it was around somewhere between 84 and 88 percent, which for me was 190 watts. So that is about a month out. I started kind of doing most of my um, most of my efforts and my intervals at 190 making sure that I could hold that consistently so then on race day I had my computer in front of me and I set it so that I could see my average power for each lap so not my instant power because your instant power fluctuates a lot but my average power <coughs> have you seen my power on Strava have you seen what I, no, I, ha- I, I haven't looked I'm gonna be honest I haven't looked just yet <laughs> It was 190 watts on the button. <laughs> so what I did, I kind of... So the computer, uh, computer oh, is working. Yes. So I I knew kind of that that's, that was probably the maximum I could hold and still have a strong run. Like I knew I could hold higher, but then I wouldn't be able to run off it. So I actually... I pressed lap on my watch every nine kilometers because that was 10%. Yeah. So I was only focusing on one tenth of the race at any given time. And I'd see my average power. So I was, I just broke it into small sections because, you know, it is a long way and 
you're out on your own for, you know, two and a half plus hours. Um, so that was just how I kind of coped with it, but it was all like power meter. It was just watching that average power for the lap. And I couldn't uh, believe it. Like it, it wasn't 189. It wasn't 191. <laughs> it was 190. But the confidence, I suppose, that gives you. Because imagine you were 187. You're like, oh, I'm behind on the power. I'm getting off. I have to run now. Do you know? Or if you were 195, you're like, oof, am I going to have the power in the legs? I suppose mentally, when you come up with a plan and you get off the bike and you see that the power is there, you're like, this is great we're on I feel good you know just the extra motivation yeah um so I didn't actually know the overall until afterwards did you not but no because ah, I had, because I lapped it so I just knew every lap that I was roughly around that um and it ah, does give you good, good yeah. confidence that you have like I can't I can't even tell you how perfectly everything went that morning <laughs> like that day <laughs> like ah. You know, if there's lots so, involved or whatever, everything went perfect. So we get off the bike. You've you've come out of the water. You've done a phenomenal swim in the water. What was your time in the water? 34 minutes. And my Strava says I swam 2K. 2K, which is, uh, what was that? Just a 130 something per kilometer? Oh, uh, I think 138. My Strava credits me with. I'll take, I'll take, I'll yeah, take. Yeah, which is. The week. <laughs> which is really really good like to be to be having the the 130 whatever comes after it the, it is ideal for that kind of race it's it keeps you in contention obviously it keeps you in contention because you ended up winning then you get on the bike you did your cycle in uh, two hours roughly 230 might have been just just over maybe 231 232 which is phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and then we're into the run how did you feel Little Miss, <laughs> I feel great running off a bike. Um, I'm assuming you felt good running into the bike. Yeah, um, for me, this this was the issue in training. The the few brake runs I did was, I'm kind of used to doing the sprint triathlons, where you hop off the yeah. bike and you're straight away sub four minute k's, and it's like okay, can't be doing that this time. And <laughs> sure enough, the I think my first kilometer was like a three fifty something. <laughs> All the excitement. <laughs> yeah, but um, I knew at that stage that I was a minute up in my age group. I didn't know anything about the other women, um, in other age groups, but I knew that I was a minute up in my age group. So I knew that I could just kind of focus on on my race plan and not have to worry about chasing yeah uh, so I actually couldn't believe how quick it actually it actually was in the end so it was 355 but then I was metronomic there were I'll just I'll just call out a few of them for you so 355 407 409 411 406 413 404 like, I just got yeah. into a pace. Well, the aim was to be around that 410-ish, 409-ish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. Um, you can see a bit of a wobble around the 15th, 16th, 17th, because the wind, it was a very windy day. I should point that out as well. Like, the bike was, <laughs> the bike was tough. 
because it was windy. And then by the time we're going out on the second lap of the run, the wind had seriously picked up. So going out onto the last maybe 7K, um, Brandon had shouted at me that I was 27 seconds off the overall win. So just to hold this pace, because it was going, uh, he could see the splits. That you were trying to be quicker. Quicker, yeah. yeah. So that was just the focus, just hold it. But then I had to go out for like three kilometers and then come back. And that three kilometers out was probably the longest three kilometers ever because the wind <laughs> just picked up and it was hitting you face on at an angle. And I was just like, oh man, this is never going to end. <laughs> That's where all your training, you had to think back to all your training in Ireland for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because then you're trying not to let the negative thoughts sink in. Like, because at that stage I was approaching not maybe coming up to the 17k mark and it's like oh my god I've only done one training run longer than this so like you're trying not to let that affect you Um, but then once I turned it was fine but yeah I got down to I think 424 was my slowest or maybe 428 along that section and then just turned and there was one little thing so you hit kind of just over a kilometer to go and you had to turn directly into the wind. You had to just kind of go around a football pitch and you turn directly into the wind. And I could see the one K mark and then the wind hit me at this, like <laughs> probably the strongest point. And I was just like, Oh, what oh, no. am I doing? <laughs> but it was at that stage that my quads were screaming at me. Yeah, they were well. They were working hard, I suppose, coming off the bike. It was at that point you 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 met the point where they were like Rachel, <laughs> we <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> I know. And then into the final, in, into the final K, your crew, you're running down the Ironman carpet. At what point did you know you had to win? Oh, because we're talking, we're talking twenty seconds here. Like that's taking a stop to tie a shoe like like we're you know in the last unit said you're 27 seconds up um at what point did you know i have it i can see the finish line i didn't quite and see this is the thing because in the 70.3 it's not a mass start so you're starting like you're you could start five ten minutes behind someone so the There was a girl who was ahead of me, but had done the event slower than me. And she was actually the girl who ended up coming second overall. So even though I never, it's kind of weird because there's some people who you could be five, 10 minutes faster than, but they could finish ahead of you because of where they, where they started. Because started. Yeah. Like there could be, there could be 40 minutes to an hour between the first people starting and the last people starting, like it's, that's yeah. just how they do it. So it was kind of tough because I never caught her. So I never knew for definite until I turned that carpet and Brandon was on the carpet for the last bit. So where he had been to tell me as I was going out onto the final lap, and that was 27 seconds off the overall, I didn't see him again until I turned onto the carpet. So oh I had- my God. Yeah. So 
that, that kind of kept me going when I turned into that wind with a kilometer to go. And I was just saying to myself, Oh my God, I'm hurting so much. But then it's like, no, no, no. I need to just keep pushing. I need to just hold this pace. (laughs) (laughs) He was down at the start of the carpet. So um, I actually have a great video he took of me getting onto the carpet and you can just hear him going, you've won, you've won, you've won. <laughs> Brilliant. That's probably why you collapsed over the line. If you didn't know you'd won, you probably would have kept going until you found out. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that is brilliant. I'd say that brought some smiles to your face for the final hundred meters. Oh, absolutely. It was kind of surreal because you know I knew that the age group win was possible, but I hadn't even considered an overall podium. It just didn't seem yeah. Like you just don't know when you go into these things for the first time. Yeah, it's and and that's the fact we have to remind people of. It was the first time you've stepped into an Ironman realm. First, second time you've ran a half marathon. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like it's absolutely unbelievable. But it's uh, well a testament to consistency and fairness. You've been in bed early and up early and training twice three times a day you know you're constantly constantly working um and combat and everything and it's absolutely brilliant i and me and sean kind of slagged last week it's not unbelievable we can't say it's unbelievable uh, unfortunately we expect too much from you but it's um it's absolutely amazing um i it's i suppose for anyone listening I, I, even the conversation doesn't feel like we've done you justice and how much work you put in we kind of make it sound like you showed up in your t-shirt and just won the thing <laughs> but it's um it's it is absolutely brilliant um but you ended up doing interviews on, on radio stations oh yeah i got this random message from a radio station in melbourne to be like oh come on and like you're looking at some of the the people who've gone on this show been like <laughs> You sure you want me on this? <laughs> uh, but that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Always give credit to like radio shows or podcasters, things like that, who do their research. Like he was asking me, like, oh, so you lived in Melbourne last year. And I'm like, who are you? And he's like, and then I at my <laughs> birthday. And it's like, how do you know my birthday is coming up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very they funny. Yeah, they they rang us. We gave them the heads up. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> all nice uh, things. Yeah, but yeah, so you know, like it is just consistency because I kept like, and we've talked about like you guys have talked about taper, especially coming into the marathon. I had the worst taper you could imagine. Like I'm not even messing. In the two weeks before this, if something went wrong not if something went wrong everything went wrong <laughs> it was it was so bad and then that's when like you start saying have I trained enough like have I trained hard enough has my intensity been okay like have I have I actually done enough runs have I have I swam enough like you just all of these doubts start creeping into your head and like the Monday before the race I hopped on the bike in the morning just to do my last workout because I had a race the Sunday before that was meant to be my taper taper for a week do a hard sprint race um just to kind of go above race effort and then another easy week for the race 
I couldn't even finish the race. Like I've never DNF'd, messed my bike up coming out of transition, thought I'd ruined the whole thing, thought I'd be looking for a brand new bike for the Ironman. So like move on from that as quick as you can, get up the next morning, do a bike workout. Uh, I just went on the trainer because, you know, I love that. That's, uh, I always feel good on the trainer. I did 15 minutes. My legs were screaming at me. I got off. I just curled up into a ball and sobbed my eyes out. (laughs) (laughs) Because we, and then with Brandon and he were waiting for an operation because his Achilles is off the bone. Um, We were in and out of hospital. Like we got two calls up for operations to go in and they're both canceled. Like you can't even imagine, but that's why anyone who's stressing over taper, like, like nothing, like <laughs> I think I've definitely <laughs> learned a lot about how important it is to really do nothing because like you've said, we've said consistency. Like I only had two days off where I did nothing at all in November and that stood to me. So then when things yeah. start going wrong the week or two before race, it's like, you know, you have to believe that the hard work is done you'll have all these doubts and you'll start questioning everything you've done but if you're just consistent and just do the hard work like in the build-up to it like whatever your training week is I think typical marathon training week is like 12 16 weeks well then you can enjoy the last week or two and don't worry about what happens yeah and as you said if anything on the race could have went better for you hindsight 2020 the taper because you're so competitive you're like have I done enough have I done enough the, the days where you actually couldn't do anything that sprint race that you didn't do arguably could be of a benefit for you it could have given you that little bit of extra rest and recovery that you might have needed uh, to get to that level to win you know you you, you might have felt the fatigue at 10k as opposed to the 17k we don't know you might not have but it's it's something that I would look at and say, well, maybe it was lucky. Maybe it was lucky something forced you in, back into the fetal position for a couple of tears rather than running. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. Maybe maybe it was just my body's way of saying, no, actually, we 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 want to chill out. Like, we want to do nothing. And yeah. like, I made a point of, like, swimming three <laughs> times a week consistently. And I made sure that one of those swims, there was always one of those swims where I just didn't want to go. And that was always the swim where I did what I wanted. There was no structure. I would swim. I think that's important as well, that you do have those days where it's not a focused workout. You're not trying to hit this target or you're not aiming for this distance. It's just, (laughs) I do this sport because I love it. And I need to have those, those days where I'm doing it to love it and not to focus on anything uh it's absolutely brilliant it's um it's i like i just don't know if we do these stories justice for the work you do but even just saying there three times a week and it does kind of show you that motivation is not always going to be there like rachel uh five days four days of the week really motivated rachel the other three days I don't want to train, but I know I have to, Rachel. Um, would I be right, wrong in that? Yeah, you'd be pretty spot on. Um, I think we have a joke here now that for the next um for the next eight months, 
going to have a jar and every time I say I'm tired and I don't want to do something, I have to put a dollar into it. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to be broke. Um, but I know. <laughs> um, uh, it's, yeah. But like, you know. It's, I suppose oh. we haven't touched on that in, in eight <laughs> months time. Where are you going? Yeah, I know. So great thing about winning your age group in an Ironman event is you get invited to the world championships. So you get a qualifying position for the world championships. So that is in August in Finland. It is going to be epic. I cannot wait. <laughs> so I've already said I'm I'm not going to do my Hardman Killarney. Oh, no. Because uh, I have to go see it. It's the same weekend. I crunched the numbers. Um, so yeah, I've I've decided I'll do I'll do an Ironman in Portugal instead, just for you, just for you, just for me, not um, because Portugal will be nice <laughs> weather and <laughs> yeah, yeah, just for you. But it's um it's something that uh yeah, we just we can't miss you can't miss Rachel in the world time and Rachel with a chance of maybe a top 10, top one, top two. You know, like me and Sean are already saying, like, it wouldn't surprise us. It wouldn't surprise us. We have high expectations, <laughs> which which probably hates you, probably hate to hear, but we're like, she will probably win that too. I <laughs> know, <laughs> like, look, we're saying, we're saying you've been doing this for three years, but let's add in COVID, swimming pools closing. Like, it's only realistically you've been flat out at this for about 18 months yeah would I be wrong no that that's pretty fair even swimming like so, it's probably 18 months ago yeah like when me and you went to lock all the Mullingar just to bring it back to perspective for people you were comfortable at the two minute per hundred meters you were like oh yeah I felt good that was really quick for me and stuff and now we're swimming a 138 <laughs> Yeah, we should point out, that pace. is the quickest I have ever swam. <laughs> yeah, but as you said, that was your I'll go for the six out of ten effort. <laughs> so it's it's it is well phenomenal. actually it, funny it, story it, about this. So one of my friends from from work, so shout out to well, shout out to the two of them, Natalie and Gemma, who both did it with me at the weekend. Natalie is a great swimmer. And I had just been joking saying, right, I'm sticking on your feet. Like that is, that is the game plan for the swim, like stick on your feet. And when we started in the shoots, they were letting four people out at a time. So Natalie was the person directly behind me in my, my shoot. So I just went, you know, got on with my swim and didn't think anything else of it. About 500 meters in, this person swims past me with no sleeves in their wetsuit. She just had the the legs and I was like oh I've only seen one of those on the beach this morning I said there's only one person <laughs> I've seen in a in a wetsuit like that and I didn't realize until the end what it was Natalie but when I saw that person go past I hopped on their feet and I tried to track them for the rest of the race and came out of the water with her so like talk about yeah, things it's... going perfect and mental boosts like that just kicked it off and one thing about following someone's feet, okay, yeah, you're dealing with a little bit of weight from them and stuff, but you don't have to look up. You just keep following their feet and they have to do all the scouting. <laughs> so, you, you know, it's, if you're following their feet, you kind of make them get their head up and keep looking around. You you hope they're right and they're not leading you off. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, 
I suppose when you know you've got an experienced good swimmer beside you, it's a confidence boost in itself. It's like, okay, I'm going to stick on our feet and hopefully we'll get around together. And it's, yeah, no, it's an amazing story. Um, and, to, and to Brandon, I'm going to give him a shout out. <laughs> dealing with tears and training and Brandon I don't, don't think would be a, old stuff. <laughs> I don't think he would give you a, too many days off or an easy time he, he doesn't strike me as a guy that was like oh yeah Rachel take a break <laughs> uh, no 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 definitely not um but it's it's, it's motivating uh, well like you need you know you need to be careful with that as well because you don't want to overtrain either but it's nice having someone who knows me well enough to know when I'm emotionally tired because, you know, my, my job is very emotionally draining. Like I don't, it's not physically draining my job, but it, it's very emotional. So it's nice having someone who recognizes when I'm just emotionally fatigued versus when I'm actually physically drained. Yeah. <laughs> and who yeah. can tell I me, know, it's like, good. No, get up, get out, you're good. And uh, I suppose he played a vital role on the day as well because the app must have been fairly accurate or, or the internet. He was tracking it basically off the Ironman website, looking at the leaders, was it? Yeah, he just pop, popped in. Um, the Ironman app is actually really good. And then they have all the, the checkpoints throughout. So you run or cycle over these like really, really thin wires, I think they are. Um, yeah. That connect to your timing chip and send a signal back to the app so that they can see in real time where you are so yeah very very well well done for the spectators yeah. and actually spectate he was uh he was definitely good with crunching the numbers i say he had an abacus and everything there but <laughs> as you said his achilles is off so he was on his uh his little scooter scooting around all these key places to give you the information you needed and uh, like absolutely brilliant how it all worked out and and yeah we're we're absolutely amazed um it's such a phenomenal achievement um we had rachel farrell on before and rachel was one who we got really got behind and another phenomenal athlete um and she's second her age group and now we have another rachel who was going to the world championships who won her age group won the whole race out of the females finished in the top third out of all competitors um we, re- we read out the facts last week and you're in the 300s out of a thousand like it's it's absolutely amazing um but we're all proud of you Rachel and I hope you are you probably gave yourself two days of oh that was nice and now you're just back on to what will I what will I do now <laughs> <laughs> yeah now the hard work begins <laughs> Yeah. So what is the plan now? Are you just going to enjoy your Christmas? Are you going to let yourself stop training? Are you going to let the body recover? Are you just going to kind of not taper through it, but just kind of spin out through the next couple of weeks or or what's the plan? Um, well, triathlon season's only, that only really kicked off triathlon season here. So the next round of the state series is Sunday week. So I'll probably just, just see how I go and just do some of these sprint races just for fun. Um, I really enjoy the sprint race because it's short and sweet. Um, and it's just enjoyable. Like there is like, no matter where you are in the world, the triathlon community is like, it's bubbly, it's vibrant and it makes you want to, to be a part of it. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to put any pressure on myself for a few, for a few weeks, definitely, but going to try and get out and actually just race for fun. Just purely enjoy it. Maybe, maybe improve my transition or focus on something small like that. 
you know, we're, we're going to check back in in a couple of weeks right? So when we get back in the new year because this is going to be our last episode Sean couldn't join us because he is weak um, but it's uh, it's um, this is our last kind of episode of the year we couldn't finish the year without having you on and also not bringing you on to talk about what you just did it's, it's actually the perfect way to finish but I guarantee you we're going to start the new year going Rachel you said you were doing triathlons for fun and now you've won four of them. <laughs> <laughs> How much fun are you having? Um, but yeah, no, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it's great for the ladies and guys out there um, to see what you can do when you just be consistent at something, when you when you just give something new a go. Um, and when you when you kind of stick to a plan, you stick to a training plan, you stick to a race plan, like the, you don't know where you're going to end up, um, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I, I, I've seen it with guys I've trained with and, and people, you're, you're looking to have Brandon there as well. Brandon, phenomenal athlete, phenomenal swimmer, bike, run. Um, so to be training against him, I, I can only imagine has been absolutely amazing for you. Um, it's good. And that's something we spoke about last week is, is starting to train with people that are going to push you, that are going to bring you to that new level as well. So, um, and, and like you just said, triathlon clubs are vibrant. The triathlon scene is good, good people. They all have great mentalities. They're all positive people. Um, and tends to be not a lot of egos. Uh, I haven't come across a lot of egos doing triathlons. They tend to be quite humbled because most of their effort is spent training instead of gloating, I suppose. <laughs> that's the um, thing. So those who are listening are interested. A lot of triathlon clubs are doing the uh, new to tries. They're doing your Olympics, your sprints. Some are training up to Ironman. Depends on the club you're going with. Um, and you get to meet people. You get to meet like-minded people. You get to meet people who are going to be better at you or in some aspects that are going to really push you along. And it's, it's, it's a good thing to be a part of. If you're looking for a sport, if you're, if you're looking for something new, a new challenge, um, me and Rachel, we were not comfortable in the water, you would say, a year ago. Yeah, no? accurate. And now you're sticking to people's feet in an ocean swim or a lake swim, rivers. It doesn't matter now. You just know you have to get in and swim. You know you can do it an X amount of time. So for those who are thinking of something new, it is. I've said it since I did my first one as well. It is brilliant. It is surrounded by good people. It will push you. Um, it will never get easier. You just get a hell of a lot faster. And it's it's just absolutely amazing. It's, it, it is my favorite of them, uh, of the sports of tried the endurance. Sean's very much in the long distance running. It's not really for me. I prefer to be the jack of all rather than the master of just the one. It's, uh, it's definitely brilliant. But we are finishing out the year, Rachel. You're only starting yours. It's only coming into summer as I am leaving the nice summer weather and going back to minus five and snow. Is it going to be weird having your Christmas here again? Uh, I think you just get used to it. It's kind of weird having my Christmas tree up and then going outside and baking, but you get used to it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I suppose we're going to be tracking you for the next year. Um, we'll we'll get you in your less busy times and we'll, we'll try and get you on for a chat the odd time people are going to start wanting to train with you we're going to be doing Zwift cycles you might come cycle with me and push me along <laughs> for a couple of my cycles next year uh, maybe give me a month just to get used to spinning my legs again then come on and give out to me um, but hopefully Rachel might join us on a couple of our uh, group cycles kind of plan and next year on to for those who 
um, are going to be that way inclined or want to give it a go, we're going to give it give it a start. So anyone who wants to start with me is more than welcome. Um, absolutely. But yeah, it's it's been absolutely brilliant, Rachel. Thanks for everything this year. Uh, we had fun on the podcast. We had fun training people. Um, and you had a lot of fun winning a half Ironman in Western Australia. Congratulations once again on being a champion. Um, we're just delighted that you're on the podcast. It's our claim to fame now. So thanks very much. Um, and myself and Sean have done the, the intros and outros to this to put our final goodbyes. Have you anything to say for the end of 2022? I just had a lot of fun. So I'll definitely get crash a few more next year and just see, see what we can find to to talk about i'm sure with the way you're going we're gonna have plenty so from rachel and me we're gonna hand back over to the outro for me and sean because you'll wake up at some point and we can actually record something but um but rachel thanks so much for a great year i hope you enjoy your christmas and i hope everyone else at home enjoys their christmas and i'll let rachel say the last goodbye thanks everyone and talk to you in the new year bye well, Sean, what did you think of that? Didn't hear it because we just, it's five seconds after recording the intro. Honestly, people thought I'm say it's great. <laughs> I can't secrets, Sean. You're giving away the secrets. You made me look like a pig folk on the very last outro of the year. <laughs> I can't believe I'm, I'm friends with you. You stitched me up at the last episode, but Sean, it is, sadly, I feel like an idiot now, I'm all red, I'm embarrassed, but Sean, it is, it is the last episode of 2022, officially, we are taking our Christmas holidays. It's Christmas time already, can't believe it, two weeks of Christmas and we're taking our holidays already, we're taking it early, but we'll be back with an episode, probably the first Monday, if not the second Monday of the new year. Ready again, but even though we're taking a break from here, we're still getting our training going, just getting a little bit of movement in each every day, every second day, not doing too mad, but also enjoying the Christmas break as well. But thank you very much for listening to the podcast throughout the year. Everyone's listened to it. I know we said it last week, but we feel like we have to say it again because it is the last episode of 22 already, somehow. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's been an incredible year and a lot of lessons learned. It's amazing how much you change in a year, what you learn. And mm. the ups, the downs, the for me, barely getting up. So let's hope the new year comes <laughs> in. And the, the Iron Man is booked, Sean. I put my money where my mouth is. It's booked as of this booked morning. It. So we are in for a good 2023. The resolutions start now. An entire year of podcast and doing an intro. And this is the first time we have a bombshell to end it on. So we will <laughs> end it on it. <laughs> Eric has it booked well, for 2023. I have my 24 hours to do 100 miles goal for 2023. We'll find out next year if we're just full of it or we can actually back it up this year. Yeah, that's it. So hopefully if you stay tuned with us, train with us, encourage us, get involved with us next year. We're really looking forward to some bigger and better things next year. And uh, hopefully getting involved in more events, hopefully doing more with our, our website and our app in the new year, hopefully getting more people training with us through any given training day on our app. And uh, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to the new year, but I am looking forward to a break. Like anything, it's tapering time for our brains. There's only so much shit we can talk. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is time to regroup, start putting ourselves down for the planning for the year, Sean, and, and let everyone enjoy their Christmas. Start playing Mariah Carey instead of us two. <laughs> Egypt. 
in the car and uh, give her the money, not us. <laughs> on that note, I've nothing else to add. So, guys, thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Thanks to Rachel for joining us and gracing us for our presence for this week's episode of the podcast. That's it for myself, Eric, and Rachel. Take care. Bye. <laughs>